trajectory of his career would have been like nowhere near as good. Oh, he would be miles behind where he is right now. Right? Without question. Yeah, yeah that the best thing that's ever happened to him, bar none. Like, SNL is not the same springboard that it once... Like, back in the I Sandler's, mean, it can be, but, like, that's an eight-year springboard. Not I'm a, not saying it isn't, but I'm saying there were times where it was where it was Sandler, it was Spade, it was Farley, it was, like, just yeah. all of them. And then they all became massive. Yeah. Now Shane Gillis will after hosting. Yeah, I mean, getting fired from that truly was the best thing that could have happened to him. Put him on the radar for almost anybody. Yeah, it's so much better. And then you do live in Austin and they go, oh, this is the guy they got rid of? This is the best yeah. comedy special in a decade. Yeah, it's so good. I love hey, I'm so happy. Let's go. What's going on? Good morning. When is he doing it? Three weeks from now? Twenty, Yeah, 24th or something like that. Whatever the Saturday is, three weeks from now. I haven't watched SNL. Um, I've never watched a live episode of SNL. I, I, I've only watched one or two. Like, What time is it on at? 10? Is it like 10 o'clock or something? Sounds right to me. I will tune in live. Oh, yeah, I'll be watching that. That's what I'm saying. What, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm going to get a sixer of Bud Lights and sit down and... Yep. This isn't myself. me shitting. This isn't me shitting on SNL. This is me saying like I've never. I don't even know what time it's on at, but I will yeah. watch it. No doubt. So they'll probably put him in a sketch too, right? Oh, he'll be in sketches for the whole show. I don't know how it works. I oh really yeah, he'll know. be in like seven sketches. Oh really? So yeah, like he'll, he'll be opening, he'll be in the whole show. So he'll do opening basically. monologue and then he'll be featured throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll do multiple sketches. Five I'm, plus. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna get together probably some that get deleted too that'll show up on YouTube. I'll have to get together with the boys for that one for sure. Yeah. yeah. I hope it's somewhat like the way Norm did it after 18 months after he got fired and came back and he was like, I haven't gotten funny. The show's gotten bad. Yeah. I hope he does uh, he could do it verbatim and it'd be great. So he, you know, that would be hilarious. Anyway, what's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday. Hopefully you guys are having a great weekend. We got a little seven game action NBA today, tipping off at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully you guys had a good night last night. Not so much for me. Solid night on Friday, Saturday, not nearly as good. I did jam in some uh, NASCAR lineups just because I thought it was going to overlay. They moved, they moved the race to eight on Saturday. It was supposed to be, I guess, today. I don't know if you saw any of that, right? No, no, but like an I mean, hour, I, I try not to pay attention to anything for NASCAR. An hour and twenty minutes before lock, uh, it was like eight thousand out of twenty three thousand because they just moved it. They just moved it up to the not moved it up in time, like oh, from from four to two. They moved it up to the day before, and it was a scramble. I mean, we we eventually got projections up and 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 the top drivers tool. I was like, well, that should help me, you know. So that went fine, but basketball not so much. How about you? Yeah, how about how about NBA for you yesterday? Uh, very happy with my lineups. My pre-lock ROI was outstanding. Uh, that did not result in post-lock ROI, unfortunately. I did not have enough of the game that scored 800 points and went to overtime. That ended up being problematic for me. I did not either. By the way, SNL 11:30, so I will not be seeing that. Are you? Kidding? Oh wait, no. Saturday into Sunday, I will still see it, but uh, it won't. I won't be as happy about it. It's 11.30 is when it starts? Yeah. This is a fucking UFC event? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So I this is what I will do. I'll just record it. I'll record That's, it. I'll watch it. Are you up at 11.30 on a Saturday? At the very least, watch the monologue. I, you, I used oh, to I don't be. have time for this. I All I'm saying is I used to be. Re- recently, no. Give sure. it a couple months. Yeah, I will be. When everyone's sleeping through the night, yeah. sure. 
Right now, no, I got to get every second I can. You know what I mean? I will. I will watch it at eleven thirty. In my mind, it wasn't Saturday, even though it's in the title. <laughs> well, you texted me at like six thirty this morning saying, "Did you see the news?" And I thought it was going to be something bad, but it was. It wasn't anyway, that early. It was. It was. Pro- it was before seven. I was up. Seven forty a.m. Was it seven forty? Yeah. Uh, I, I. And I know I, you're awake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm up at six thirty anyway. I know. That's why I sent you the text. Happy to have you guys with us. Take a single second if you haven't done so yet. It is Sunday morning. Atone for your sins here on the NBA Strategy Show. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Help us get to 100,000 subscribers. Greatly appreciated. And as always, by the way, I have had great, great enjoyment reading these comments lately, Josh. Just from some of the random conversations that we have had. It's been good. Well, Uh, those comments are not going to exist today. Well, Leave a comment down below if you're listening or watching after the fact. And as always, we're out there in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you ever want to listen and not on YouTube, we got you covered. Just leave a rating and a review. It goes a long way for us. You ready to get into this? More than a little bit. Memphis Grizzlies, 18-point dogs against Boston, 219 total. Okay, so not only do we have the usual suspects out, right, Zaire Williams as well, Xavier Tillman, doubtful. Conchar, Vince Williams, uh, questionable. But now, so say. But now we have Jaron Jackson out as well. So, like, yeah. the one actual NBA player, at the very least starting caliber, because I don't want to do these guys dirty. It's tough to get to the NBA, right? But yeah. the only starting caliber NBA player that has been in the lineup for the past several weeks, if not more, is out. They're 18-point dogs against the Boston Celtics. Herein lies the problem, though, brother, is that while it's a brutal matchup, they have a disgustingly low implied total, they still have to fill 48 minutes at each position. Sure do. <laughs> sure do. And uh, they are, they're light on centers right now. The only guys Lightly. that are like big enough to play center are guys that are like truly made up plus Santi Aldama. So that should be pretty interesting. Aldama's pulling 32% ownership. Very warranted for today. I have 58%. And I only gave him 30 minutes. eligible too. Yeah. I mean, that's the big piece. I only gave him 30 minutes. You could give him a bunch more if you want to. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of minutes up in the air with dudes that you don't know, like Trey Jamison, like Matt Hurt, like, Tosan Evbuomwan. Uh, some of those guys are going to play. Is that the one that play. Eric tweeted yesterday or the other day? He's like, this guy's on the floor and I've never, like, I'd have no idea who he is. His name is what you'll have to read when you go to the eye doctor. It's just letters <laughs> all over the place. None of that shit makes any sense. It's just in a random order. Yeah. 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 Like Trey Jamison might play a bunch, might not. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with those guys. It, it, like a lot of it has to do with, you know, does Vince Williams and John Conchar get ruled out? They have Q tags. Like this could look even more ridiculous later. But the one thing for certain, as long as Santi Aldama is playing today, he's going to be a priority on today's slate. He's a fantasy point per minute guy. He's an actual rotation piece when they're healthy. And those sorts of guys are just going to project a little bit better. After that, we've got David Roddy. Um, in for 18% ownership. I actually didn't get any of him. I only gave him 28 minutes and we have him at about 32. I have a lot more minutes going to all those other random insert idiots that I just tried to name that couldn't name. So 
it's possible that one of those guys isn't in the rotation. Roddy picks up a couple extra minutes and looks good. But at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm, I was flying kind of blind. And uh, this matchup against Boston isn't exactly forgiving. No, it's the furthest thing from forgiving. Uh, Tosan Ewoma. That, that, what? No, I got, I got the wrong, wait, is that, it is. Hold on. So I went to basketball reference for the pronunciation. Yep. How in the world do you get that from that? Ewoma. I don't yeah. know. Where did the B go? Where the dub? Where, where did everything go? The, the where the W is in the name seems like it needs to come earlier in the name. <laughs> it got flopped. Yeah. Tosan Uoma. They should have gave that guy the name Jim or something. That is, you could have given me eighty million. You know, they said, "What was it like? If you put a, a million monkeys on a typewriter, could they eventually, you know?" Like if you gave them in infinite time, could they compose uh, Shakespeare? You could mm -hmm. have given a million of me infinite time, and I never would have pronounced pronounced that correctly. Nope, I agree. Not a single <laughs> chance. I couldn't but, agree uh, more. Santi Aldama clearly looks better than anyone else here, right? Sean V is Sean V's touting. Malik Monk in chat right now. They don't even play today. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, for the rest of this, though, like Jacob Gilliard is okay at 4,500. Vince Williams, if he's playing at 6,100, is okay. But it's Aldama, main priority. It's really hard to be excited about getting anything else here when you're 17 point dogs. Oh, it's the Malik Monk birthday narrative. <laughs> Steven said, how does Lochran become Lofren? It's Lochran. It's not Lofren. But yeah, I mean, sure, point taken. But at least there's something there. I mean, Iwoma's, Iwoma's out of left field. Uh, anything else for Memphis? And of course, no. by the way, can I, I just allow me to point out, we're still waiting on... Vince Williams and Conchar. That could get yeah. even crazier. That could get right. even That's why, like, it's, it's really hard to dig into anybody else. Aldama's set in stone. Like, if he's not on the injury report, this dude's got to play 30 minutes or more. Like, you don't feel, no matter what changes, Aldama's good. But lots of other stuff can change for Memphis and make guys look more interesting. Jalen Brown's questionable for Boston today. I'd say they should sit him blindly, but Boston eats shit in these situations all the time. They play down to their competition, so they might need him. Yeah, they just lost to the Lakers without LeBron and uh, AD. Yeah, they dumped one a couple like two weeks ago to somebody shitty too. They almost dumped one to the Pistons. Uh, yeah, late last. yeah, the Remember Pistons that? were up like eighteen or whatever at one point in time. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. They they have had some struggles in these situations. But if we're being completely honest, there is some real blowout risk in this one. Yeah, it's <laughs> There's some real blowout. risk. It's really problematic. Now, single digit ownership going to everybody on Boston right now. The only rate, way you're going to prioritize anybody from Boston is if you get Jalen Brown out. And I don't even think you might you'll be like ultra prioritizing anybody here. It's just really tough to be confident in, you know, 35 minutes to Jason Tatum in this spot or like just start a run in general. I think Peyton Pritchard is, is like sort of the most interesting dude from Boston at 3,500. 
because he just might pick up a couple extra minutes late and he's going to be in the rotation anyway. But I think our like boom bust tool explains everything perfectly. Derek White, 8% optimal is the high. Chris Stapps Porzingis, 6% owned is the high. Play one of the starters if you want or Peyton Pritchard. You don't get a lot of 17 point lines. What's that? I can't believe it's only 17. Uh, it's 18 now. I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to 20. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, there, there starts to become like an upper bound to it all. Of course. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain point where, you know, garbage time is real. But here's the thing. Even, even mop-up duty from Boston's back of the bench is, is better than what Memphis is running out there right now. Yeah, like Peyton Pritchard would get 48 minutes today if you were playing for the Grizzlies. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Clippers Luke Cornette would get 36 minutes if you were playing for the Grizzlies. Yeah, they all would. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Zubats might be back. He's way ahead of schedule. Yeah. I assume he's not, but I have him in. Yeah. They're four-point favorites regardless. 224 and a half point total. On the other side, Duncan Robbins out of this one. Duncan Robinson is out of this one. There's some spots that we're going to get to in this slate that are really interesting. Uh, I don't think at the current moment that the LA Clippers are one of those spots. As a matter of fact, Josh, if you were to take ownership between the Clippers and the Miami Heat, there is not a single single player. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. Forgot how to pronounce that. The, the R's Words. and L's. There's not a single player with double-digit ownership. Caleb Martin at 9.7% is higher than anyone else in this game between both teams. I don't have a single share of the Clippers. Their highest owned dude is Paul or is Kawhi Leonard at 5%. We actually have him with some positive leverage here. He is 9% optimal. That's about the extent of it. If you're getting to Kawhi, okay. If you're getting to James Harden, okay. I have no idea how you get to anything else from the Clippers. It's pretty tough. And then, okay, so what about Miami then, where you've got a few guys that are pulling some ownership still? It's not a huge slate. So over, overall, it's a pretty underwhelming game. Uh, 8% is going to BAM right now. This will change. We'll get sharper ownership as we get closer to lock, of course. But this is our, you know, first look here. Get Help give us a baseline. Caleb Martin, 9.7. He's $4,000. Duncan Robinson's out for this game, so that means something. Uh, but aside from that, like 6% going to Hero, 3% going to Jimmy Butler. Terry Rozier's pulling 2%. Not a lot here. No. Uh, I completely agree with the Caleb Martin ownership. You know, 4K, small forward, power forward. Minutes have been creeping up a little bit. They've been uh, slowly working Haywood Highsmith down in minutes. So I have no problem with Martin. I have 10%. I think Jimmy Butler looks pretty good for 3% ownership. I have 10 right now. Um, we have him with a little bit of positive leverage. We have him in for 35 minutes. So do I. Just 1.15 fantasy points per minute. Just, you know, it's it's Butler. He's like when he's healthy, he's the guy you want to get to. Bam's fine. Tyler Hero, fine. You know, we do have Tyler Hero, 10.5% optimal, 6% owned. So that's some pretty nice positive leverage. I only have 6% for Hero in this spot, but same exact minutes that we have, basically the exact same projection. You can get little bits of Miami. They look a little bit better than the Clippers, but there's no stand you're taking here. The Indiana Pacers is kind of weird because this is another spot where you're looking at potential absences. Like I, I would think that Miles Turner plays. They were on the second of a back-to-back last game. I don't look. I'm not confident in it, but I would think, you know, more likely than not to be out there. Halliburton's questionable, but 
I mean, I think he plays Mather and Jalen Smith questionable. Smith was ruled out only like 45 minutes before tip off in that last game. Oh, uh, it was less than that. Was it? I thought, yeah, I thought it was it way was less a... than that. Oh, no, you they, know they ruled Turner out and then we all had Smith in and then Smith jumped to like 75% owned. And then very late, we got the Smith news and flipped that to Jackson. You know what it was? It was like 7-17. I thought it was an 8 p.m. game. It must have been a 7-30 game. It was it was a quick turnaround for Smith. We got all of the other news pretty early, and then we got very late. I, I think news. you're right. I think it was 7-30. I was thinking 8. Either way, he was ruled out yeah. close to tip. Yeah. And uh, he's questionable. Matherin's questionable. Halliburton and Turner questionable. I, I mean, I don't know, man. I think at this point, we just consider – all of them in? Yeah, I have everybody in right now, but I certainly don't trust it. Matherin finally came back, played 37 minutes, but you know he's still questionable. The Halliburton one, I think, is just there's going to be days where they they just want to scratch him, so they got to put him on there. But Jalen Smith, who knows? Miles Turner, like honestly, who knows? That entire centerpiece is like it's been for the past couple of games. There's nothing you could do right now. If Turner's in, Looks like a completely reasonable play. Probably the best play on Indy if everybody is available. As you start losing those guys, it starts to look a little bit different. Depending on who's in or out, that's going to dictate what you're doing at center. Like You're going to like Jalen Smith a lot if Miles Turner ends up out. You're going to like Isaiah Jackson a lot if they both end up out. You probably like Isaiah Jackson a little if Turner just ends up out or if Jalen Smith just ends up out. Only other guy that I really have my eye on is going to be Aaron Neesmith at 5,600, just playing big minutes. I assume now that I say that he will be awful. Very possible. William, um, Jacob, how much of a delay are we on, man? I didn't. <laughs> Usually it's like a five second delay. That's a lot. Long... No, you're good, dude. Um, I mean, it's my fault. Anyway, um, William said, love the show, but the Sims were not right yesterday. That's not how that works. Can, can you? respectfully can you explain how how it does work like the, the the overall because a lot of people that are new to the whole operate like the whole sims concept don't understand like a lot and i don't blame it's it is a new concept to a lot of people can you explain how that works one there is no right or wrong um this is a range of outcomes uh if if you think they can be right every day we wouldn't do this show. I would just be uh, sitting on a toilet made out of gold for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, it, there, so there is no right or wrong coming out of the Sims. There's just the output and what you do with that output is going to be up to you. But we're talking about simming. We're, we're talking about taking a projection. Let's say you have somebody projected for 30 fantasy points. Well, you are going to, instead of him being 30, every time you look at it across 50,000 simulations, one day, one time, it's the first time it's 30. Then the next time it's 40. And then the next time it's 20. And then 23. And then 38. You're you're bouncing all over the place with these projections, simulating the slate over and over again. So you can get the general expectation for each and every player. So you end up on some sort of distribution in the vicinity of a normal distribution, but not totally correct. Um, but like, it's not going to be just... This is the answer. You're it's like a it's like a guidebook. It's like a map. You still need to know how to read the map a little bit to get through everything. But to look at it, don't ever think like, oh, the Sims were wrong because that's just that's not how that operates. It is just a tool to analyze data. Nothing more, nothing less. It doesn't think anything. 
Right. As long as the data is good, then the Sims are not wrong. Correct. Right. Yeah. Like, or I should say the results are not wrong because the no, Sims the, are never going to be wrong. They're only producing what the, what the, what the inputs are. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct. They've been crushing, man. Uh, yes, they are. They, they've been crushing. But William, look, I get what you're saying. If you, if you're unfamiliar with, with how it works, but it's simming a contest tens of thousands of times. And yeah. it's saying like within all of these tens of thousands of sims, here are the highest sim lineups. Here are the ones that, that that perform the best within these sims. There are going to be times where they just don't perform as well because even no matter how well you can project players, they're not always going to like, I remember people thinking that projections, if it was like 36.68, you were really projecting them for 36.68. Yeah. Which is just not at all. You're, what you're really doing is projecting them between, you know, 20 and 50. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Anyway. This is hard to do. It's very hard, hard to do. It's also, it's it's something that once you do understand it, it becomes a lot more, like, it, it becomes a lot more easier to grasp everything once, like, you know, the light bulb goes on, once it clicks. But it is definitely something that if you're not familiar with that style of making yeah. lineups, it's just... It's it's totally foreign, you know. So, Rashawn Holmes was not in the optimal after Rashawn Holmes was not named the starter yesterday. I don't think Rashawn Holmes that. was in the optimal when we thought he when the entire industry thought he was starting. The moment he wasn't, that was not a thing. I don't think I got any Holmes on my. You shouldn't have. The moment he wasn't named the starter, you should not have been getting Rashawn Holmes. He certainly wasn't in an optimal lineup at that point. Yeah. You got to Well, there's a conversation about late swaps here, but anyway. <laughs> Tim Mills said you're trying to think too hard, Lafie. The wires are burning and smoke is coming out of yours. No, I'm trying to convey my thoughts in a way that makes sense to someone who doesn't totally understand how the sims work. And that's Correct. like a tough process to be able to to communicate that. And it's nobody's fault. It's just right. You know, it's just a different way of trying to communicate something to People who have played, you know, if you've played DFS a different way for a very long time. Anyway, uh, anything else for indie right now? I think live before lock will probably be the best time to to get into that. No, I, there's not. There's really nothing else you could say here. You, we need a lot more information for the Pacers, which has been the case for a while now. Oh, good. We've got Charlotte on the slate again. Might be my favorite team. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying. Anything. I'm all I'm saying is here's another team that is. Uh, which is amazing that despite how shorthanded they are, they're still worlds better than Memphis. Like if you were to take Charlotte and Memphis on a neutral floor, given who they have active tonight, Charlotte's probably still like a seven point favorite. Yeah. Yeah. They're you know? favorites. Yeah. yeah. It's they, just, they, they're definitely favorites. I mean, to be fair though, they are nine and a half point dogs at home against the Pacers team. That isn't spectacular. For sure. For sure. But I mean, Memphis, even without Jaron, that's brutal. Yeah. You still have Miles Bridges, decent. They got still, they still got a few guys here. But either way, uh, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, Cody Martin, Nick Richards is 5,800. They're huge dogs, but it's still not a particularly good defense for the Pacers. It's a fast paced spot. What's the total in this game? 238. Yeah. yeah. 237, 238. There's going to be some things to like here for Charlotte today. 
Yeah, I have a ton of this game. So their ownership is pretty balanced. Call it about 15% for Brandon Miller, for Cody Martin, for Miles Bridges, for Nick Richards, for P.J. Washington. We have really positive leverage on P.J. Washington, about neutral for everybody else. I have big stands on basically everyone. I have 28% of Brandon Miller at 18% ownership. I have 36% of Cody Martin at 15% ownership. Getting both Martins today, by the way. Bridges is the only guy I'm neutral on. Big stand on Nick Richards, I have 28%. Big stand on P.J. Washington, I have 26%. I want to get to these dudes because they are taking on the number 26 defense in the Pacers and the number one team in pace. Charlotte gains three and a half possessions over their average rate just by playing in this matchup. That is quite a bit. We're talking about like a free fantasy point or more to basically everybody that's playing real minutes. That's a big time bump, even if it doesn't seem like it is. So this is the first spot that I'm targeting quite a bit. I'm happy to see that their ownership isn't as high as I expected it to be across the board. I thought someone would get to the 20s. This is sort of my like favorite GPP team today. Yeah, I mean, look, another thing to consider too here when you're looking, I mean, Brand, actually, let me ask you this before I get into this. Who's your highest owned Charlotte Hornet right now? Cody Martin. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. And that is obviously assuming that he keeps getting that start at the point. Yeah. I got him in for 28 minutes. We have him in for basically the same, same uh, sort of projection as well. Very happy to get to him. It's the furthest thing from exciting, but it's a good spot for sure. You know, they're coming off a game where they were down a hundred at halftime. Yeah. Against OKC. He only ended up playing 21 minutes, but assuming you're still getting him starting at the point, Point guard, shooting guard eligibility, $4,800. Uh, yeah, it's tough to get away from that. We have him at yeah. 15% right now, though, which uh, seems pretty good if, yeah. if that's the guy you want to get to. I'm, I'm more than happy at that ownership number. Anything else for Charlotte worth digging into? I think those five guys are the only five guys you could even acknowledge today. We have all five of those guys right around, you know, in that like 10 to 15% ownership range, and then it just falls off a cliff. 2% optimal-ish Smith half a percent owned there, there's just nothing else it's that those five dudes and ignore everyone else you okay paying 8400 for bridges yeah yeah i have 18 percent right now i mean with no lamello no rogier no gordon hayward massive massive usage rate bump up in that like 27 percent range still getting about 15 16 percent assist rate he's like a 1.2 fantasy point per minute dude in this spot he is and he's also just he, he's He's, he's flashed some big rebounding upside as well. It's not going to yeah. happen every game, but you know, you have that real, that legitimate double, double upside there coming from the boards, which DraftKings specifically helps you out even more. Let's talk about Houston here. They are seven point dogs against Minnesota. This is not a particularly good matchup. No. 221 total. One of the lower marks on the slate. Look, Shangun's awesome. Uh, we both talked about him last, last game being a, a really solid option. He ended up coming through for us and didn't even, by the way, he didn't even play the fourth quarter. They smoked no. Toronto. They he did indeed. Huge, yeah. 24, 13 and eight in 28 or 29 minutes. I was hoping that Toronto would make, cause I was overweight to Shanguna. I was hoping they would make some inroads just to get him out there. Even for like the last four minutes to put the dagger down. Didn't happen. Not nearly as, as good a matchup today. He's 8,700. He is still getting about 19%, though. Rudy Gobert, questionable on the other side. I expect him to play. Uh, Van Vliet, 43% to Fred Van Vliet right now. 
No, that can't. You got to be looking at the wrong thing. I pulled it earlier. It's 11. Oh, you know what? Hold on a second. I may have put, I was going to say that can't be right. Cause Shane Goon can't be 19 either. Right. He isn't. You know what I have? You know what that was? Fantasy have points. Ever, all right. No. Have you ever, cause I went to, I was on ownership, but I flipped over to the boom bus tool. I wanted to see what the leverage was here. If you have a tab that's still open, our, our website will reload it and make it look like it's actually reloading the page, but it's really yeah. just reloading the previous slate. Gotcha. So this was from when you and I last talked. We're good. This was when they were facing Toronto. 12% ownership to Fred Van Vliet is the high mark for Houston. Only guy in double digits. Shingoon's in at six. Dylan Brooks in at seven. Jalen Green in at five. They're all basically owned where they should be. I mean, this is a matchup against the number one defense. So it's really difficult for somebody to like fly off the page unless somebody's out for Houston. I do have 16% Van Vliet, who was just straight dog shit last time out as a chalk play. It was bad. Uh, absolutely brutal. Still at 7K, though, I think you have to go back. I have 16% of Van Vliet. He's the only Houston Rocket I have. What about on the other side of this one? I mean, everybody's getting some ownership. Yeah. Nope. This is like Charlotte again. Yep. Well, a little bit higher towards the top end, but it's pretty similar. McDaniel's at 24%. We do have him 20% optimal. Conley, 22%, 15% optimal. He's the most negatively leveraged Minnesota Timberwolf we have in the boom bust tool right now. But yeah. then everybody else is more or less pretty close to, to even. Like there's nobody that's just throwing out massive negative leverage outside of Mike Conley. All right, Trent, Canate, Van Dyke, Gomez, McAllister, Jones, Gravenberch, Diaz, Gakpo, Jota. So Nunez's foot is a little hurt, but he's going to come on, I'm hoping, at the 60-minute mark. Sorry, I'm going over the Liverpool starting lineup, which is the only yeah, thing no, that matters for today. no, we did ask for this. We were hoping you would, I think. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. Yeah. No, I, number I, one I, versus I, number three right now, it's going to be – it's an event. I was ang anxiously awaiting this, so thank you. I was going to look that up had you not – Sure. Broadcast. So – uh, a tradition, this is like the Masters, a tradition unlike any other. 23% ownership to Mike Conley is not going to exist uh, later today, but for some reason he's just permanently chalk at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we have him <laughs> massively negative leverage. It's not going to be massive negative leverage because he just won't be owned like that. Uh, that said, I like him at 5,200. I like this entire Minnesota team. I'm 2Xing Anthony Edwards. I'm a bit over the field on Jaden McDaniels. Neutral to Towns. Over on slow-mo. Neutral to Mike Conley. I have... 30-something percent of a $4,400 Nas Reed right now. I am light on Rudy Gobert. The Q tag on Rudy Gobert is the big piece here, and I think that's probably why I'm getting a little bit of an extra Nas Reed. But I think you really have to prioritize this Minnesota team. I know the matchup against Houston isn't great, but the pricing here and the way that they run their rotation is very appealing to me. I have Minnesota as my second most exposed team on today's slate. So the value is what I'm curious about, though. Like when you talk about McDaniel's, talk about $4,400 Nas Reed, power forward shoot or power forward center. Assuming you know Rudy Gobert is in, are these right now some of your higher owned value options on this slate? I mean, look. And for yeah. what it's worth, for, real quick, for what it's worth. This is the, what, eighth team we've talked about. There has not been a lot of great value right now, given what we know. There's not. Like, you got to really look. From 4K down, I've got a bunch of Jaden McDaniels, but the other guys that I'm getting are Kelly Olynyk, 
Keontae George, maybe a little Aaron Wiggins. Value is kind of gross. But it, it's the the helpful part is you've got Jokic at eleven eight, which is tough to get to when you have Giannis at eleven four. Then you drop to Shea at ten three. You don't need as much value today as it seems, but you know, getting to a little bit of Kyle Anderson, a little bit of 4K Jaden McDaniels, a little bit of $4,400 Nas Reed, even a little bit of $3,800 Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I don't mind it today. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Let's keep it moving then. Uh, by the way, we talk about the Sims a lot, but uh, I know you have talked about this often on these strategy shows that we like, we constantly discuss like how powerful the sims tool is and it, and it is without question but the lineup generator which is a fraction of the cost which is, in my opinion best entry level tool you're going to find in the industry it is basically sims light like we're still running yeah. thousands of simulations behind the scenes and i don't know i still remember you and me doing the baseball show every day and we'd have like five new lineup generator testimonials that would come in and screenshots yeah. you remember that it's and, it's the easiest tool to use too, and win with like it's making good lineups, which you can see how you can see how chalky every lineup is. You can see what the optimal projection is. Uh, you can also like you find the balance there. Discard the ones you don't like. Keep the ones you like. Jacob can throw it up on the screen. I mean, it's a phenomenal tool. Once you're done saving the ones you like, you can see your exposures to everybody. NFL was awesome because you could actually see your stack exposures. Um, but you can see your exposures, all of your lineups, then upload it straight to CSV. It's optimized for mobile as well. Yeah. So it'll work if you're like if you're on your phone and you're trying to get it. I ran into an issue the other day. We were out at my in-laws longer than I thought we would be. And I had to uh I had to jump on trying to jump on my father-in-law's computer to get it done. But he was on a I was like, yo, can I use your computer for a second? He looks at me, and goes, No. It's like, all right. He was in a bad mood. He was trying to help. My sister-in-law was something they were on the phone with like customer service for an hour and a half and she accidentally hung up. So he was just, she's like, dad, I made a mistake. He's like, yeah, you made a big mistake. And then it went from there. Point being, I went to the lineup generator and couldn't get as much done as I wanted, but guess what? Had a very profitable night. It nice. is, uh, I really think like it's the best, whether you're on a computer or you're on your phone, Best way to do it. And we had somebody hit us up the other day. Not only did he send us his invoice, Josh, but he said 32 hours since I purchased the NBA lineup generator. This is Octav Octave. Um, I can't pronounce the first name, but first place, $7,500 in the four-point play. Thank you, Stochastic, after 32 hours of that. That's what I want to see with Love this it. type. It's yeah. same. It's, the, it's perfect. It's absolutely. It's the... God, it's just such a great tool for... Like I don't want to say introductory players because it's it doesn't have to be that, but it is short definitely on the time. Yeah, it's definitely the it best place to start. Yeah. Anyway, links in the description and in chat if you want to check the lineup generator out. Uh, I think you'll love it. Everyone that uses it generally comes back to us and they're like, "Yo, I love using this tool," and it's made DFS, particularly NBA, fun again. Because the NBA is everyone says it's so easy. It's not as easy as like, it's not an easy no. sport. I wish it were. Especially if you're still making just hand-building lineups without any data. Anyway, check it out. Link in the description chat. If you ever have questions about these tools, hit me up. My DMs are open on the Twitter. I was hoping you were at your in-laws yesterday when I sent you a couple pictures. Yeah, I showed them to Justine. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I, was hoping, I was hoping your phone was just like sitting out on like the dining room table <laughs> with the in-laws. 
Josh was telling me about a show called Naked Attraction. It's um, phenomenal. I don't have enough time to go into this, but that sounds like a tomorrow thing. Well, he started showing me some, ex like he started showing me what exactly this show entailed. And uh, if you look it up, you can imagine what I was getting sent at yeah. like 9 a.m. or whenever. <laughs> it was early. <laughs> it was early. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. To anyway. get sent home for having too big of a hammer is... I was something else. Dude. That yeah. probably made so many people watching that feel so great. They're like, man, life is worth living. <laughs> yeah. Even when the dude was leaving, he, was, he just had this look on his face like, this is not the worst way to go home. It's so much less humiliating and less yeah. depressing than going home the other way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like, oh, I find his face unattractive. It's just like, I don't think I can handle what he has. Yeah. Not good. I guess in his case, not bad. Toronto, yeah. OKC. Uh, RJ Barrett's questionable. Eight and a half point dogs against the Thunder. Man, SGA, I, I was underweight on him Friday. Ended up not killing me, but I'm not saying he lucked into that game because he didn't. Like, he's excellent, and, you know, he can rack up peripherals. But it did cut – what we talked about did happen. Now, granted, we both said this is a great play on Friday. Like, best play on the slate, really, SGA. Yeah. Um, pr prior to late swapping and prior to the news that we got. But as that we were talking about it on Friday morning. Uh, but he played 30 minutes, didn't play the fourth quarter. Shot 11 for 15, still had 31 points, but eight stocks in 30 minutes. Yeah, for stacking eight, it up. Eight stocks, nine assists, three rebounds, 31 points, 63 fantasy points, well you know, north of two fantasy points per minute. He was excellent. He didn't need any more than those 30 minutes to get the job done, but eight stocks was crazy. Oh, he's the best. I love it. Now he's got Toronto coming into OKC. I don't really care too much for the Toronto side. Uh, only guy in double digits of ownership is the one guy we don't know if he's playing. That's RJ Barrett at 12%. I got one share of Scotty Barnes and nothing else. If these guys are all coming back now, get you know, you get quickly back. If you get RJ Barrett back, it's just kind of blurry at these price points. I find Toronto basically impossible to play other than if you want to scattered amounts of like RJ Barrett or Barnes, but I don't really see it. This is a team that I don't expect to have a lot of. It's a tough team to get to, I think. Yeah. Who would you say your top option is, though? Barnes, I guess. Yeah. At eighty-nine, or or RJ Barrett if he's in, but I don't. Like I said, I don't. I don't really think either one of those guys look all that great if everybody's in. Barnes, if Barrett's out. And it's not like Barrett's that cheap either. You know, you're getting. No. First of all, this is this is not a particularly good basketball team right now. No, and not a great matchup either. OKC fifth in defense. Not a great matchup at all. I was a little bit surprised to see 237 and a half total here, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Cause OKC does play at a, a pretty fast pace. Toronto's middle of the league. I don't know what their pay. I'd have to look at what their pace is since they made all of those moves. Yeah. I haven't looked. I got them at 13th. It Mayan lag or like Mayan has all of that new data as like pretty high weights. So I'd guess somewhere middle of the pack. Yeah. You would think so. Uh, but anyway, on, and then they quickly still 7,100. There's, there's, yeah. there's not a lot going on there. So anyway, on the other side of this one, let's talk about OKC. So among all of the high-priced guys on this slate, you have Jokic against Portland. We'll get to him in a minute. 11-8. Giannis, second of a back-to-back, -back, but against Utah. That's a pick by the way. 11-4. Uh, yeah. And then SGA at 10-3. So 
pretty steep drop off from those two guys down to SGA. He's kind of on an island because then you drop down to a $9,700 Tatum. He looks incredible. I have 58% right now. He's 39% owned. I think he's very clearly the best play on today's slate. Um, The guy that you should want to get to the most. So obviously a solid matchup against Toronto, but we're talking, you know, 30 something percent usage, 35% assist rate. One, I got him at 1.6 plus fantasy points per minute. I absolutely want to pay up here, but I want a lot more from OKC. We've got Dort at 26% ownership. I have 54% of him, $4,300 small forward. Just very easy to fill that position. I don't mind getting to Giddy, who's 14% owned. I have 22% Chet Holmgren. We have him projected for 23% ownership. I think Aaron Wiggins as a value option, $3,600 small forward power forward in that 0.85 fantasy point per minute range. Looks like a good pay down option. I think you can get to a little bit of Jalen Williams with a Y if you really need to save some salary. But I think Oklahoma City looks great. I mean, they have six dudes projected for 15% or more in ownership. And I don't really disagree with anything there. And one of those guys is Casey Wallace, who I actually don't have. Yeah, they also have one of the highest totals on the slate. Yes, they do. 122 implied total is what I had earlier. Yeah, it's a significant total. It's a good spot. Like you said, Toronto, defensively, there's not a whole lot. That Jakob Pertl's back, but that didn't matter for Alperin Shangun the other day. i tell you that. No, no it did Plus, he only played 20 minutes. My guess is that Pertl's not back to a full workload. No. Coming off we, the, we have him in for 29 right now. That number's not going to hold. I mean, I, yeah, I would think 25, 26 maybe. I gave him 24. Which is fine. Yeah, but like coming off an, as an extended double-digit game absence with an ankle injury. Yeah. Playing 20 minutes two games ago. Yeah, seems unlikely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you, let me ask you this. If you were to kind of just order these guys as far as priority, we both agree. SGA just looks outstanding. But yes. then you've got guys like Holmgren, Giddy, Wiggins, Dort, all of them pulling between 16 and 23%. I'd say SGA and then Dort, Chet, Giddy, Wiggins for me. Okay. Milwaukee and Utah. Yeah. Did you have this one as a pick when you did the lines earlier? Because when I did it right before. I had Jazz minus one and a half. Okay. So when I did it right before the gate, right before our show started, like 30 minutes, it it was a pick em. I didn't look to see if it had moved, though. But um, Giannis is pulling some ownership in this spot. No doubt about that. Power forward, center. It's a, look, this is a good match. It's a 246 and a half point total. Should be a competitive game. Yes, Giannis coming off a uh, coming off the front end of a back-to-back. By the way, they were getting smoked by Dallas early. Ended up winning by 12 on the road. I'm not sure if you saw the early score of that game. They were down by like 20 in the first quarter. Yeah, I was ready to drink bleach when Luca rolled his ankle because I figured my entire night was over. And Me too. I just kept jinxing people with a lot of ownership. But at a hundred percent, Luca last night. I had like 75. Yeah. I only played 25 lineups, but still yeah. at 100%. And Giannis ended up dominating. Yeah. Dominating. 48, 6, and 10, six stocks, 84 and a half DraftKings points. Do you care that it's a back to back on the road or we just get him in the lineups again? Get him in your lineups. I got 22%. We have him at 32% ownership. So I do prefer SGA, but it's so much easier to get to Giannis before you get to Jokic. And I think there's enough salary out there that it's pretty easy to pay up. After that, I don't want much. We don't know the status on Brooke Lopez just yet. And it's My, a personal issue too. So it's not even- He had a baby. Is that what it was? He had a baby? Yeah. 
So I don't know if okay. the plan is for him to just fly to Utah or not, but he's you're either going to know immediately when you get their injury report or like I, th- it's not going to be like a game time decision. I don't think he's either just they're going to rule him out immediately or he's just going to be in. Um, but from what I read, I, I believe it was a baby. Okay. And if that's the case, if he's in, that kind of nerfs everybody else. Middleton's not going to play today on the back-to-back. But uh, Doc, not exactly a guy that loves giving young guys chances. So I don't really think it's going to free too much else up here. The most I have of anybody is 6% of Brooke Lopez. No, but I'll tell you what, man. In the event that uh, in the event that Lopez is out again, Bobby Portis got off to a real slow start last night, but ended up playing 31 minutes. Had 31 fantasy points, 12-10 double-double. Um, I mean, Bobby Portis, if Brooke, if Brooke Lopez is out in this particular matchup, I would think that Portis would look pretty good. He certainly will. You'll be getting to quite a bit of Bobby Portis at 6,100 if we get Lopez out again. Yeah, but like you said, that is just if we do. And who knows? It's very possible that they just end up, you know, what the hell is that? Ah, sorry, someone's in my door. Uh. Anything else for Milwaukee or shall we talk Utah here? Utah side, because I got a lot here. All right, let's do it. Yeah, this is this has been kind of a reoccurring theme for us on this Utah team lately, but yeah. let's dive let's dive into it. Like I said, pick them high total in this spot, 246 and a half. Uh Kelly O'Linux, you said right now, I see your highest owned cheap play, like 4K or lower. Uh more or, or less exposed. In that ballpark. Sexton. I have 30. I have like Jaden McDaniels, I have basically the same. Keontae George, I have basically the same. Um, those are the three. Colin Sexton, baby. Who knows? Who knows what's happening? But the funny thing is he just keeps putting up really quality per-minute numbers. I think there's one game where he shot one for 10 recently against Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Aside from that, even the games where he's playing 25 minutes, he's just putting up stellar, stellar efficiency if you were getting th- right now, just with the way he's been playing, if you were getting 32 minutes per game from Colin Sexton, he might be an 8K player. Yeah. Yeah. That's how uh, good he's now, been. He's been, I didn't expect it. I just really did not expect him to take off like he has. Now, I think he's a bit overowned here, like the tools say. I'm much like last time, I'm taking his ownership and giving it to Jordan Clarkson. I'm choosing Clarkson over Sexton at this spot but i'm also choosing kelly olenic as we touched on who's the highest owned dude on utah i'm 2xing 3900 keontae george who's like a 0.9 0.95 fantasy point per minute guy this is a great spot against milwaukee they're 19th in defense second in pace george like day by day gets like an extra minute the guy that i like the most here though is very interesting to me i have a massive stand on a utah player and it's the exact one you would want. Four percent ownership to Larry Markinen right now. I have thirty-four. He's eight. He's eighty-six hundred. He's small forward, power forward. But I mean, this is a competitive matchup. You're expecting full run out of Markinen. I gave him thirty-three minutes. Like the total is higher than any other team. They've got a one twenty-four implied total. Is that the best on today's slate? Probably right. The, yeah. the highest total by nine points. Yeah. Maybe it's indie, like yeah. it's good, but it's going to be close either way. Marketing at four percent ownership is he a little too expensive? Sure, but one point three five fantasy points per minute. He's my favorite GPP play today. Uh, just pulling up implied totals. So, the highest on this one. Uh, let me get these three PM games out of here. 
Utah Jazz, 124 and a half. 124 and a half. Uh, this has the live, the one I'm looking at has the live spread at minus, Jazz minus one and a half. Okay. But it's unimportant. Like the Pacers are 123 and a half. OKC, 123 and a half. Milwaukee, 122. I think we have a pretty good idea of what teams are, you know, projected to put up the most points today. Uh, that doesn't make all of them great fantasy spots. But yeah, I definitely think just looking at this, you're right. Utah is going to, and Milwaukee, depending on what it looks like with, with Lopez, but Utah is going to be producing some pretty decent options today. Is, is Markinen out of the question for you at 4%? Like he's getting very little ownership and we have him with slight positive leverage, 5.5% optimal. Were you just talking about marketing? The because last minute was me talking about how he's my favorite GPP play. And I, I was, have 30%. Listen, listen, I was trying to catch up on chat. Dude, the moment I said that, I was like, I bet he, I bet he was just talking about him. My I, favorite, I play, my favorite play my on Utah, favorite GPP fault. play today. My fault. Yeah. Trying to read chat, trying to catch up. There was some Sims talk in there. I was going to, it's going to respond to. All right. Favorite GPP play on the entire slate, huh? Yeah, I think so. All right. 8,600. Man, as I said that, as I was asking you, I was like, I have a feeling he probably just talked about this. All right. Anything else for Utah or shall we move on? I'm good for the rest of Utah. Look, four. I have four guys. My big summary, Clarkson, Olenek, George, Markinen. They are my four main plays. All right. Portland's a 14-point dog against Denver. 220 total. Yep. That's tough. Anyway, we can skip Portland. Jeremy Grant's questionable. Their total, okay, so they have a 102.5 total, 102.5. Memphis is at 100.5. So those two teams just in the dumpster today. The only difference between Portland and Memphis is that Jaron Jackson's absence, Xavier Tillman being doubtful, opens things up. What's actually opening up for Portland here? Nothing. 1% ownership is the highest mark for anybody. 3% to Aiton is the highest optimal rate. I don't have anybody for Portland. In Denver, at elevation, the slowest team in the league. Terrible. A top 10 defense against one of the worst offenses. I have nothing to add for Portland. I have no idea how you click one of their names. I have to ask you this, and I'm not necessarily sure where you're going here. I, I have a good idea because I know that you've mentioned Jokic is tougher to get to than SGA or than, uh, than Giannis at a similar price point. Uh, and also that SGA is a phenomenal play. What if ownership really does come in as, as big of a gap as we have right now between Jokic ownership, SGA and Giannis? Because right now, Nikola Jokic, we're getting it 7.8%. We have Giannis up there. We have SGA clearly up there. Both of them currently projecting north of 30% ownership. Look, I get it. Jokic has had some, you know, slightly underwhelming games at times when you've compared it to Joel Embiid at the same position and all of this stuff. But he, the dude still has a monster ceiling. And I know they're 14-point favorites. But what if the ownership is that big of a gap? It shouldn't be that big of a gap. Four to one Giannis to Jokic. I'm going to leave SGA out of it because it's $1,500. I'm just going to try to compare like to like here. That's that fine. I just is, meant because it's the only other guy north of 10, like the only other really expensive guy up there, but go ahead. That gap can't, it like is a little bit too big. I just don't know how you want to go to Jokic in this spot. It strikes me as the type of spot where he's not going to look for his own shot. 
like because he, like there's just going to be someone open on every play. Portland's going to fuck this up constantly and he's just going to dime people up. And if you're not able to pick up a big scoring day, it's going to be a lot harder to pay off 11-8. I also think it's very likely that they just like this Denver team I don't like talking about games like this because I like while I believe it in my head, it doesn't matter to me for DFS, but I just have a hard time believing Denver doesn't show up at home. Basically the the best home court advantage that exists in the league to face this Portland team. And like, they just give it up to Portland. So I have a hard time wanting to get the Jokic. The only guy that I really have my eye on is Jamal Murray at 8,200. He's 11% owned playing a little bit better as of late. He's the only guy that we get to double digit optimal rates. Uh, I have 16%. I don't have anything else here from Denver, but I do like the idea of going to Jokic as a pivot in a larger field GPP just because of that ownership, but he is behind the eight ball in comparison to Giannis and SGA. You know, it's funny. You you got me thinking. Nikola Jokic, all assists in the first quarter. Five plus assists is plus 425. All all assists, five plus in the first. It, it's actually That's not nuts. that crazy. That's nuts. That, I mean, I don't know what it should be because there's, first of all, there's no under on this. It's five plus. It's an alt line. I don't know what the true odds should be like on something like this, but you know, 425. That's what, what's the, what are the, what's the break even on that? That's uh, 19%. Yeah. I feel like he could do it. Oh, for sure. Dude, he for might sure. have five assists in the first five minutes. Every possession is just going to be an assist. I might bet that. You should. Anything outside of that that we should be talking about here before we go? No, sir. Okay. Oh, one last thing, guys. And by the way, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, rest of the weekend. I don't know what anyone's doing today. I know Josh is trying to get out of here because he's got Liverpool. But uh, I would be remiss, Josh, to not do the people a favor, mention that there is another free square on Sleeper today. So yes. $500 first match deposit bonus, up to 500 So no matter what you deposit up to 500 you're getting it matched 100%. You're doubling your bankroll out of the gate. The free squares have been nonstop. Paul George, half a point, more or less. Clearly, you take the more there. Put it into one of your lineups. Give yourself a shot to 100x or five or 10 or 20 X, whatever you're trying to do. But more than anything, take advantage of the huge side up bonus and take advantage of free squares, wherever it is on any site, be it sleeper prize picks, underdog, vivid picks, whatever it is, take their free money and take their free squares. Anything. I think that's as simple as it, as it gets. Doesn't get any easier than that. Link in the description and in chat for sleeper. Also very slick app that they've got as well. I should mention that. Appreciate you guys. Hey, have a good weekend. Follow Josh at Josh Ingleman on the Twitters. I'm at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Thank you to Jacob on the West Coast for being with us early this morning and producing the show. We'll see you guys back. Oh, and shout out to everyone getting us north of 100 likes. Appreciate you. See you back here tomorrow, you and me? Tomorrow? Yeah, believe so. And then it's Super Bowl time, baby. Peace.